On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I, we break down the 76ers game four loss where they had an opportunity to sweep the Toronto Raptors in game four in Toronto, but were unsuccessful. And a big part of that, Joel Embiid's new injury that we just found out about. We'll discuss it all next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. You are Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Givens of 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside Keith Pompey, my partner, from the inquire.com Sixers beat reporter Keith what's going on man what's good D ah not a lot of good uh with the uh, game four in Toronto last night or yesterday afternoon pardon me uh we have a lot to discuss with that and before we do so we want to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day and remember Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms including right here on YouTube at Locked On 76ers. Keith, we have to talk about the Sixers' loss, of course, 110-102. The Toronto Raptors avoiding a four-game sweep in this best-of-seven first-round matchup. The impact, as we found out later on Friday, Joel Embiid, a injury in his hand, possible damage in there that uh, could affect his chances and the Sixers' chances of closing out this series, number one. And if they do advance past the Toronto Raptors with three more games to play, five, six, and seven, potentially six and seven, what it means for the next series. But we'll get into it all. We'll talk about my injury, uh, dealing with the same ligament injury in my thumb that I had years ago, and what this means overall for this team moving forward. But Keith, your first observations overall from what took place on Saturday afternoon, Sixers missed an opportunity to sweep this team and get them out of here. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Tobias Harris played a great game. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that. Tobias Harris was the man. Outside of that, I didn't see it. You know what I mean? I just didn't. Like it, it looked like like James Harden, you know, James Harden finished with 21 points. He had nine assists. He made 10 to 11 uh foul shots, but he was like five for 17 shooting. And this was a game with Joel Embiid. You talked about it in the intro about how Joel Embiid is dealing with what the Sixers believe to be a torn ligament. They're just trying to get it confirmed. But it is a torn ligament. They just want to get, you know, it confirmed. Um, James Harden was supposed to come in here and step up. He's supposed to come in here and take over. And he he just didn't. You know, Tyrese Maxey had probably – he had his worst game of the series shooting four for 12. So Danny Green went two for 10. You know, we know the bench isn't that deep. And um, it looked like, you know, the 76ers are supposed to be a team and they're supposed to get James Harden to make them a team that have a secondary score. We just didn't see it. They just, they didn't do it. Yeah, no, we didn't see it. And uh, to uh, full transparency for me on Friday uh, during my show, on the radio side of things, Keith, I talked about a lot of once we found out the news that became actual public that 
Uh, James Harden was the one who has played a really good series. We talked about it on the other episodes that we've done, the podcast. But in this particular case, now that Embiid has this injury, he's already won you the two games. Maxi did what he did in game number one. And Harden has played well. Don't get me wrong. But it was my forecasting things of closing out this series where take a little bit of pressure off of Embiid because of the new injury, knowing that they'll be trying to swipe at him. It's going to be difficult for him, number one, with the protection on his on his finger. And then also the defense coming at them like like they normally do. And also taking those cheap swipes to make it uncomfortable for him. I thought James Harden needed to come out and have a a, a bigger performance than the 22 and 9. Uh, normally 22 and 9 will look good, but you also, as you pointed out, alluded to 5 of 17. So it was great that he got to the foul line, 10, 4, 11. But he needed that percentage. He needed his field goal percentage to be much, much better than, than it was in this one. I believe he's shooting only 40% in the series from the field. Phenomenal from beyond, where he's shooting 46% before this game, two for eight uh, yesterday afternoon. But he needed to shoot a better performance. And he needed to make sure that Keith, they kept getting into one point, one point, one point, and they could never get over that hump. And a lot of it was him not being able to explode. He didn't ha have that explosiveness that we talk about a lot. It was evident Saturday afternoon. And I agree with you that I was leaning on him, not really Maxi, not really anyone else. I was leaning on Harden for this particular game. This is why this is part of the reason why you brought him in here to, you know, take some of that load off of everybody else and do his thing. Now, 22 and nine always looks great. He gave you five boards as well, but he turned the ball over four times. So when you do that and albeit three block shots, one steal, when you do that, you lead to the other possessions for the for the Toronto Raptors and as a whole uh, the Sixers had eight less field goal attempts than the Raptors did Raptors only had three more field goal makes but the eight is important free throws 28 for 35 for the Raptors 21 for 25 Keith we're normally looking at the Sixers with that type of discrepancy uh, with the free throws so they have to get back again to playing their brand of basketball he needs to play a better game they dropped an opportunity. Now, they're up 3-1. They still have three more games to go to close this thing out. And I think they certainly will. But they missed an opportunity on Saturday afternoon to close this one out, close it out, get some extra rest, and do what they need to do for Joel Embiid to get that rest and check out his hand a little bit more when they get back to Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I agree uh, 100%. This was a bad one. This was, uh, you know, let's keep it 100. It was a bad loss. I mean, they had no intensity. Um, it looked like, you know, they were overconfident and what have you, um, but it was just a bad loss. And uh, before we uh, get to our next part, Keith, did want to say that got to give credit to Toronto for coming out, backs against the wall. Uh, one thing that really helped them out was Thaddeus Young off the bench with 13 points and maybe changed the complexion of this game overall with the effort that he put forth coming off the bench and helping out Siakam. Gary Trent Jr., so on and so forth. Keith, next up, we need to talk about the impact. As we mentioned it, the impact of Joel Embiid's hand injury, what you've heard, what I've heard about this one going forward. And I'll explain also why it is tough to play through because, folks, I've done it myself. <laughs> I'm Devon Givens. That's Keith Pompey. This is Locked On 76ers. All right, welcome back. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. 
for those nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. There were four games on Slate on Saturday, so go ahead and make sure you check out Locked On Now podcast. Once again, Keith, the information started to funnel through on Friday afternoon about Joel Embiid's hand injury, a possible ligament damage. Uh, so before you get started, uh, I want you know I've I've I heard a little bit about this, but I wasn't quite there and ready to say anything out loud, if you will, publicly. And you have broken so many stories, and you know how it goes. You want to make sure things are, you know, on the up and up when you get information like this. And I had just simply heard uh, they did some things with uh, with the uh, molding for his hand and realized that he had ligament damage in there in his hand. And then, of course, things started to trickle out on Friday afternoon. So uh, for you uh, and knowing the how he plays and what he does, I'll explain after you talk about the injury and what the impact is. I'll explain uh, what I had to deal with playing basketball and having that similar injury in my hand as well. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for them. I mean, you look at Joel Embiid. Uh, I mean, if you look at the game. I mean, something that we pointed out before we even started this podcast, how he was catching the ball with his left hand in warm-ups and then switching it over to the right. right. So it wasn't even like crisp, boom. It wasn't like a catch and shoot, catch, uh, maneuver, shoot. Um, so, you know, you look at that, you look at certain times when he was doing jump balls and, and you see him favoring his left hand, like, I mean, going leading with his left hand. In the past, when he normally led with his right, normally he claps the ball in the three-throw line. He, I mean, claps his hands, claps like that. He didn't do that. It was a lot of things, so that's going to impact him. The thing is, you know, to me, he just didn't look himself. Now, again, maybe he can adjust. Maybe he was favoring things because it's the first game, but that's something that he has to overcome, like, seriously. Um, but, but. You know, he also has to play through that pain. And I think that pain is something that you really know. That's something that, like, you know about that most people don't. So can you just explain your whole situation when you tore ligaments in your in your thumb? Uh, so it was, yeah, Keith, it was my um, my left hand and my thumb. And I'm a righty, so but I do a lot with my left, especially playing basketball. Uh, but with him being a right, it, it's painful because so what I had was same deal for the people viewing on on YouTube, right in here, uh, right right here with the thumb. The injury took place, and uh, instead of casting it or soft casting it or anything, um, I was I was uh, given a splint. Uh, pardon me, a a it was almost like a glove. Right. So it comes about right here on the fingers and uh, right below the knuckle and it goes to your wrist. So you can I strap up my wrist and I also slide my thumb into this this basically a splint in that glove. And it has the splint on the outside and also the Velcro to go around the um, thumb area also to keep it secure. And it was difficult. It was difficult to play through. Uh, your everyday dealings are, are hard. I would even tape it up when I would play. I would even tape it up underneath the splint that or the glove splint thing that was given to me, the little contraption that I had uh, to make it go. Now, I was foolish and kept playing with it. 
didn't do any further damage. Doc Rivers talked about it, didn't do any further damage to me. It was just un uncomfortable to deal with, and it was something that, you know, I just had to get used to. And right now with him, all the attention that's going to come to him, I wasn't playing on the low block like he does back to the basket. My rip-through moves weren't like his, where he's constantly being able to do that and draw those fouls. Uh, it's it's not easy to deal with. Uh, it is painful, and I'm curious to see how, how he goes through. And I'm also curious to see, Keith, what other thing they may try to use because he seemed like he just had the black tape around to go around the thumb and, of course, wrapping it around the wrist because it, it cannot wrap up anywhere else. I, I want to see what they do as far as the any other sort of contraption that they put on him uh, to, to secure things and keep his thumb a little. So when you have that, too, you can't really bend it with the type of thing that I had, the contraption that I had. It, you really couldn't bend it. They wanted you to keep it straight. So as you're playing, your instincts, Keith, of course, when you do certain things with your hand, you try to move your thumb, and you can't. So even when you shoot with your guide hand, sometimes you'll have your hand on the ball and, of course, go and follow through. But it was so stiff that I'm, I'm curled there with my, with my four fingers and my thumb is still kind of out. Mm -hmm. So it, it's tough to deal with. And maybe that's why maybe he didn't want to wear something else because it was so uncomfortable with your normal motion of how you're shooting things, how you're dribbling, how you're bouncing the basketball. So that's obviously something to monitor and they have three more games to get this right to close things out i'm sure they will want to do this on monday night back here in philadelphia tomorrow eight o'clock and at the center uh but this could be something that really affects them not only in the remaining games in this series but most certainly against a physical miami team and against a team that's also physical with their big players on the low block for the atlanta hawks whoever comes out of that series so Something to monitor. It's a big development, and we have to keep an eye on it. Yeah, it's something to monitor. It's a big. I mean, I, I think it's, it's more. I mean, yeah, I, I think this could. I mean, here, here's the thing: when you play a team like that, I'm talking about you're going to play the Miami Heat. Got teams like that are going to go after it. They just sure. are. I mean, you know, like it is is nothing against uh, Embiid or anything like that, but. It's one of those things you're looking for a competitive advantage and going after his, <laughs> I hate to say it, but, but, but going after his hand like that is going to give you one. I mean, you know, right now you look at, you look at Joel Embiid and you, and you look at, uh, you know, you look at, you look at the Sixers and you say to yourself like, okay, Joel has a bad hand. Um, you know, Joel has a bad hand, but what else is somebody else going to give me? Like, you know, Maxi is great, but, you know, I don't know if anybody else can can single-handedly beat me in a playoff series. Tobias Harris is playing well, so I can see teams going after that, man. I, I yeah. do. They, huh? they absolutely will, and they should. It's a competitive advantage, as you said. Yep, we see it in football. We see it in baseball. We see it in basketball. Anytime you can uh, do anything to impact the game by messing with the whatever injury the opposing player has, it is something that is an advantage. Keith, uh, final segment for us, man. We need to talk about uh, Fred Van Vliet. Now he appears to be a little banged up. Uh, we don't know much as of yet. It just seemed like there was a, a hip injury. He left the game. He was so frustrated. I saw the video. Obviously, I saw your tweet where you talked about him ripping his jersey and how that may impact 
the 76ers and the Toronto Raptors. Game number five Monday. We'll get to that next here on Locked On 76ers. All right. Welcome back. And Keith, another development in this game where the Raptors, who were dealing with Scotty Barnes's injury, Thaddeus Young uh, has dealt with the hand injury after game one. Barnes, Thaddeus Young both played yesterday afternoon and, and helped out as much as they could. They combined 19 points off the bench, 13 for Young with five rebounds, six points for Barnes, 11 rebounds, and 20-plus uh, minutes for both of those guys, over 25 minutes in the game for both off the bench. But I got to ask you, man, um, being in the building and seeing what you saw with Fred Van Vliet and his injury, it looks like it's hip right now. Keith, that can't that that would not if he's not available Monday night, it's gonna make it easier to kind of offset Embiid's situation because he is still playing, but with no Van Vliet out there, that's gonna be tough for them to overcome. And they barely beat the Sixers twice without Fred. So, you know, I don't really think that and here's the thing. Like I look at this and, and and I know we talked about it. Yeah, I do expect the Sixers to win. I do. Like, when we look at it, I, I know that, you know, they got Scotty Barnes back. They got uh, Thad played well, right? Yeah, yeah. They they also have Trent, uh, uh, you know, Gary Trent playing. You know, with Fred Blanvick going down, the Sixers shouldn't have lost that game at all. I agree. Like, and, and then so when you look at it, we're talking about the thing. Even if Fred played, like, I think the Sixers should have won. I mean, when Fred went out, Fred had five points on two for six shooting. Mm -hmm. He wasn't exactly lighting it up. You know what I mean? And when you look at the shooting, the Sixers shot 42.5. Toronto shot 42. Three-point shooting. The Sixers shot 41.9. Toronto shot uh, 23.5, right? We look at foul shooting. The Sixers shot 84%. They shot 80 now, the big difference was uh, Toronto out-rebounded offensive rebounds 13 to 8 to, to, thirteen to 6 to the Sixers, Again. and then they had 46 total rebounds of 41. So they killed the glass. But outside of that, like, you know, yeah, they're going to lose a lot with Fred. Well, they, had the, they also had the seven, re the seven more free throws made. Yeah, they had seven more free throws made. But, see, again, though, when I look at that, you know, I'm looking at, okay, so, yeah, you got, like, Embiid wasn't getting to the line. Not like right? he used to. So, right. Embiid had, he had nine three throws. I think he hit, hit five of them in the fourth quarter. He had five in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, it wasn't like, you know, and so, to me, when I'm Doc Rivers and I'm, I get the Fred thing, it's going to be hard for Toronto. But if I'm Doc, I'm looking at it more like, we really let this one slip away. Even if Fred would have played, we let it slip away, and it's bad. Now, again, that is going to be a key factor, somewhat, because it's Fred, and then you gotta now you gotta make um now you gotta make Scotty Barnes the point guard. But um, if I'm the Sixers, man, because they took a bus home to what well, they took a bus to Buffalo and then flew from from Buffalo to Philly to get home. Yeah, yeah, they ain't want to get that, you know, because like you gotta take a COVID test to get out of the country. Ah, uh, if you fly, 
Okay. But if you take a bus, you don't have to. Okay. So, um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Huh? You go. Yeah. Manipulating it all. I hear you. Yeah. So, so to me, that's the tough part for the Sixers. So, as much as I want to give um, uh, Fred uh, the props, Fred to me really hasn't performed well in this tour in, in this uh, in his series. series. Yeah. He just hasn't. And then, secondly, it's kind of like, um, I don't know. The Sixers just played poorly to me. No, they did. And you mentioned Rivers being upset about things. He said it post game with you guys and the media availability of how they didn't have enough energy key coming out. Uh, same same issue in game number three where they got down big early on. Were down by as much as seventeen in that game. They were down by as much as fourteen in this one. But they stormed back when they came back from that down fourteen, Keith. I was like, oh. They're going to win this game because here we go again. But and with the combined with the Van Vliet injury and Bede started to finally get it together. He was 0 for 5 in the first quarter. And what was he? 7 for 11 for the remainder of the game. So that was good, but it took him a while to get into it. And the other one before we get out of here, Keith, is they had 16 turnovers. The Raptors had 11. The Raptors were a plus 19 in points off of turnovers 16 turnovers they gave up 22 points off of those turnovers where the Raptors coughed it up 11 times only relinquishing three points in the game they have to protect the basketball in order for them to win against anybody whether Van Vliet is out there or any Scotty Barnes whoever they have to protect the basketball or else there's going to be a game six and they're going to be headed back to Toronto for a game six in in the spot that you don't want to be in Nah, they ain't trying to. They're not trying to come back up here because that's a whole nah. new series, especially with Joel and B's hand. And then you'll start to hear the Doc Rivers three-one stuff all over again, <laughs> yeah. and add a new one because he was up three-zero. Uh, so Keith, we'll uh, get back together. We'll preview the game for uh, Monday as well. Game, big game Monday, eight o'clock. We'll both be in the building. It should be a closeout situation. It is a closeout situation. One more time for the Sixers. Can they finally get it done? Uh, I believe that they will, but we'll wait and find out more about the injury for Embiid and Van Vliet and how this will affect the series going forward. Matisse Thibel will be back for game number five, so they have an extra body to throw out there against Pascal Siakam, who was tremendous in the game, 34 points and eight rebounds, five assists, two block shots, one steal in 43-plus minutes of action. Keith, great stuff as always, man. We want to thank Everybody for making Locked On 76 is your first listen every day. And on our next episode, we will preview game number five, Monday night in Philadelphia at the center. Make your second listen now, Locked On NBA, where Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keep, uh, it's always fun. Thank you, man. Thank you. See you on Monday. And, uh, I want you guys to know that you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can also click on the uh, Liberty Bell on the YouTube channel to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So cliche. Click on the Liberty Bell. Go ahead. <laughs> Close. So cliche. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Make sure you guys subscribe. We always appreciate it. Thank you. Peace.